0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Spin Radio, the leading digital marketing podcast for marketing directors and CMOs. Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb, a digital agency located on the web, spinweb.net. I'm Michael Reynolds, and in studio today with me, Allison Gibbs. How are you, Allison? I'm doing well. How are you? Good to be with you, as always. Ashley is out today, isn't she?
1: She is, I don't see yes. her
0: sitting in her chair, so she's I guess she's out today. She's not sitting here.
1: I mean, <laughs> if she was, then she's got Harry Potter's Invisibility Cloak, and I would like to please find out how she That's got true. that. That's true.
0: I almost invited Nathan to sit in with us. Hey, Nathan, you want to sit in with us? <laughs> I'm trying to, like, make him sweat, like, hey, Nathan, come join. Nathan's running our soundboard, as always, so thank you, Nathan. We appreciate that. What's that? Yeah, the mic's Oh, that's the right. Mic the mic is unplugged. unplugged, so he can't join us anymore. Even if he wanted to, we would not hear any sound from his mouth. So you're off the hook, Nathan, for today. So what a week, Allison. It's been fun this week. Got a lot going on. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of new projects started. Uh, a lot of stuff kind of going on in the in the industry space, so uh, yeah, should be a good show today. So you've got some stuff on your list today, right? I sure do. I got some stuff on my list, so let me kind of kind of shuffle my no- oh, my screensaver kicked in again. You know what? I need to turn off my screensaver during Spin Radio. There we go. So uh, with that, hey, what's uh, what's for lunch today? Are we doing pizza?
1: I think we're doing pizza.
0: All right, pizza it is. So hopefully the gang is ordering that uh so why don't we go ahead and get started here so on our list today got a few things here one i'm going to answer a question from one of our listeners uh did a consultation with somebody recently i'm going to hit that question up uh a little more easy to or a little easier to answer live uh, or at least uh, verbally than in email so i told him i would hit him up on that uh, i've got something related to seo today some hyper local stuff from our buddy rand fishkin and you've got some stuff on Facebook images and click-through rates, which is kind of nerdy and fun. I like that. And then a fun uh, tip on stock images that I think you might like, actually. So, where do you want to start?
1: Why don't you start with answering the question? I'll answer the
0: question today. So uh, today I'm going to start first with a question again from someone I did a consultation with. I've been working with uh, a gentleman named Andrew a couple times here on some social advertising uh, Q and A. So. Uh, uh, this kind of comes from, I spoke at Inbound last year, uh, a few months ago, on social media advertising, and got a huge response on my offer to provide consultations, and Andrew is one of them, so we've been working together. He had a question following up uh, via email, and he said, uh, regarding LinkedIn campaigns, do you have any recommendation for an initial budget and daily bid? Uh, recognizing that amounts are relative, are there any important considerations to make if we are aiming for a healthy campaign? Now, how often do we get this question? Like, Four times a day. Four times a day, <laughs> which means it's a great question, and a lot of people are are interested in this. So I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts. I've got obviously thoughts as you would expect, but um, do you do much with LinkedIn advertising, or do you kind of leave that to, to Michelle and I typically?
1: <laughs> well, it depends on the scenario.
0: So what are you? What are your thoughts first on uh, budgeting for LinkedIn? So the uh, a lot of people say, well, what should I budget for my campaigns? And as usual, the answer is always well. It varies based on the scenario. It but does, yeah. do you see any kind of uh, general guidelines you'd like to share first?
1: Well, first I I like to to look back on. Are there any benchmarks that we can take a look back at? So have oh, yeah. they done That's it before? Yeah. What did they spend before? Um, you know, we hear a lot. You know, oh, we tried that a couple of years ago and it didn't work. Oh, I hear that all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, we so, tried that. It didn't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah it didn't well, work. Did you really try? It? Right. <laughs> so, um, really, yeah. So, uh, I like to go back and take a look at benchmarks, and then if there's any industry data, then I I will pull that in as well. And if we don't have any of that information available, then uh, honestly, we're just testing it out. So. I think a good, healthy budget, I mean, we usually say, uh, I usually give a recommendation of starting at $500 if we don't know, if we don't have mm-hmm. a good... a good. Uh,
0: That's what budget. I say as well, yeah. just because if you pull a number out of a hat, let's just say $500, because... In my experience with LinkedIn specifically, which is what Andrew's question is centered around, with LinkedIn specifically, it's really, really hard to get any kind of data and Mm -hmm. traction and results for less than $500. Even that is pushing it. So on LinkedIn especially, I recommend probably $1,000 per campaign or $1,000 a month minimum just because LinkedIn charges more. Uh, for their clicks and results. And so on Facebook, you can get away with like $100 sometimes and have a little bit of data. I don't recommend that little spend, but you can get away with less. On on LinkedIn, however, uh, the cost is higher. And he's also asking about uh, budget and daily bid both. I've seen LinkedIn's daily bid start at like, you know, $7 to $12 minimum, Mm -hmm. uh, where Facebook, you can do like $3 a day if you want to. Now, $3 a day is not going to get you much, but Facebook does allow that. So... Um, again, if you're just pulling numbers out of a hat and you've never done this before, um, do not go any lower than $500 a month or per like 30 day campaign and preferably, you know, at least bump up to $1,000 because LinkedIn is going to charge you more. And on the flip side though, you might get better quality results based on your targeting and you want to, you don't want to underspend. I see a lot of people underspending Mm -hmm. and you probably see the same thing as you work with clients. They underspend on AdWords, they underspend on social, they underspend on stuff like this because again, going back to what we've talked about before, people don't think they should have to pay for social media (laughs) and nobody wants to. And so they underspend. I think people are used to spending money on Google now, right? But they don't want to spend Mm -hmm. on social. Yeah. Yeah. So don't underspend is really just the, uh, the kind of the message takeaway message of the day, but um, shoot for a thousand if you can per campaign, and then you can always back it down if you find that you're really getting your campaigns optimized, you're really fine-tuning your audience. And going with that, don't go too broad. Um, go ahead and do a, a healthy budget of you know five to a thousand dollars and at the same time, try, uh, try a small audience. By small, I mean like you know less than hundred thousand people. maybe even try like twenty thousand people or thirty thousand people. So narrow down your audience, be very specific, maybe run multiple campaigns with a good spend on each one of them that are targeted toward a very, very specific audience, and you're probably going to get uh, a much more efficient spend as well. So hope that helps. Andrew, good question. Uh, good talking to you on our consultations as well. So hit me up again, and we'll keep in touch. So any uh, any follow-up on that, Allison, or any questions that uh, you think would be useful to...
1: I don't think so. I I would just make sure that um, that you are monitoring them. Oh my gosh, crumpling up the question in my hand. (laughs) I would make sure that you are monitoring it over time because if you're blowing through that budget pretty quickly, then that may give you a a good indication that you've got something really good going, and you might want to increase it. So just make sure that you don't just let it sit forever, um, and and make sure that you're you're in there and involved.
0: You actually have to look at it. You do have to optimize (laughs) it and maintain it.
1: You do have to look at it. Mind yes. blown.
0: Okay. All right. So I've got a quick tip here that uh, someone on uh, Facebook friend actually um, shared with me that I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't know about. <laughs> do you know about Google's uh, free, like, fair use image filters on Google Images? comma, Allison?
1: I sure don't. You don't? No, the reason I'm pausing is because I'm, like, my blood pressure is already elevating talking about this. <laughs> it freaks me out so much.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, be careful with this. But in the past, we have talked a lot about and experienced issues with, um, you know, people doing searches on Google Images, pulling images out, thinking they're stock photos, and using them in marketing material, and then getting cease and desist and getting you know sued or, or getting uh, judgments or... Um, requests for payment from, you know, Getty Images and, you know, stock image sites because they weren't legally purchased. So we've talked about this a lot before. Here's the uh, just the kind of summarized version. Uh, You can't just pick any image you want off Google Images and use it because it's probably copyrighted and you're probably going to get nailed for it. So here's the flip side, though. Um, I've discovered recently that Google has filters that allow you to filter by free use images. So you can filter by Uh, I think it's called the free to use or share rights filter. And if you search using that filter turned on in Google Images, it will find images that are free to use and are not restricted by copyright. So that's actually fairly useful. (laughs) So that could be useful if you are looking for free images, but don't subscribe to a stock photo site, maybe don't have a budget for stock photography. The caveat here is be very, very careful because Google doesn't guarantee that they're fair use. Yeah. So... I'm not recommending that you make this your default, but in a pinch, um, and you're willing to do the research on the image and make sure that you track down the the source and satisfy yourself that it is truly fair use, then maybe it could be useful.
1: Yeah, we've seen it we've seen this in the past where a photo may have, was tagged with creative commons, yeah. right? No. And and it wasn't actually that; that it was just erroneously yeah. tagged, and and that was an a, an image that was. So don't uh, just
0: take their word for it. Yeah, I
1: don't. Yeah.
0: Are you nervous? That I'm even sharing this. To you? Yes,
1: amazing. <laughs> I'm like sweating over here because it's scary. I'm gonna
0: get someone sued because they're like they're gonna yeah, not no. gonna do the research. They're gonna find an image on Google. So caveat stock here: stock
1: photography. You're
0: responsible <laughs> for being mindful of if the image is copyrighted or not. You are in charge of being aware of that. So you're use Sorry. at your own risk. <laughs> but the option is there.
1: Well and here's the cool thing is that uh now HubSpot has the integration with Shutterstock. So That's if you're true. a HubSpot user out there, then you may not even necessarily have to worry about this because And if
0: you're not a HubSpot user, then get on it.
1: That too. <laughs> that too. If you're a HubSpot user, then Sorry, you, I just, you may have to I, avoid I've it. I've talked
0: to people recently that don't use HubSpot and I'm like, Why are you I mean they're like they're using like something else or some like hobbled together system. Well, just use HubSpot. Like really like but that's a whole different discussion. I won't get on that soapbox. That's okay. Obviously, we like UpSpot. You know, we're not shy about it. True. So, there you go. That may be helpful or damaging to some people. <laughs> so, enjoy. Oh so, um, I've got something else from our buddy Rand Fishkin. <laughs> you're, you're totally, like, yes. uncomfortable now, aren't you? Someone's going to, uh, like, email say, hey, I got sued absolutely. using your advice. Um, so... I really like this uh, Whiteboard Friday from Rand Fishkin of Moz, and I like it because it is on hyperlocal keyword research. And hyperlocal means what What it sounds like, you know, very specialized local areas, um, even smaller rural areas or smaller towns surrounding uh, maybe bigger cities. And he goes into detail talking about here's the problem he's talking about. The problem is in bigger metro areas, it's really easy to find lots of keyword research opportunities to target for search engine optimization. You know, if you're in New York, for example, or Chicago, or even Indianapolis, where we are, you can find things like, you know, um, you know, home equity line of credit, Indianapolis, or local banking, or local physician, or eye doctor Indianapolis, or, you know, whatever kind of service or in, in your local area. And that works very well when you're a marketer doing search engine optimization. But if you're in a smaller area, like let's say we have surrounding communities like um, like Westfield, like Plainfield, like Carmel, like um, Franklin, Indiana, they're all surrounding Indianapolis and they're smaller metro areas. And it can be difficult because the, the search volume is not there simply because the populations are lower. So let's say if you're a you know, a healthcare provider or a bank in that area, or a service provider, or a contractor, or something in that area, you may have trouble finding the right opportunities. So Rand goes into detail talking about three tactics you can use, and one of the tactics are uh, use keyword data for similar regions. So go ahead and do the research for, let's say, Indianapolis or Chicago or whatever your metro area is nearby, and find a whole list of phrases that do apply to your business, but for that area and then simply replicate them over and sub in your town name. And even if the keyword data is not high volume enough to register on your keyword research tools like HubSpot or Moz or whatever, the data is probably still there just by nature of how people search. And you can still use that to find even that smaller subset of people that are probably very relevant for you. Number two, make liberal use of Google autosuggest. And we've got a lot of people kind of get away from this because it's so obvious and we kind of forget about it. But if you go to Google And you start typing in something like, um, you know, I, Dr. Franklin, um, or, you know, something with Franklin in the in the name, um, or even leave out the city name, but just start typing the search term, Google will auto suggest variations of that that you can start plugging in and using. So Google auto suggest actually does find the most popular searches in your area, even if your keyword research tool won't register it. And I think most keyword research tools won't register anything lower than like 10 searches a month, I think, is the default. So Google Auto Suggest will find things less than 10 searches a month just because it ranks them in order of popularity. So Google Suggest is useful. And then finally, number three, he says use the related SERP suggestions. So if you do a search uh, for, like I said, a bigger metro area nearby uh, or even in your local area and you look at the bottom where Google has related searches, those are also popular searches that are happening that you may not have thought of for that particular local area. So those are some really good suggestions. If your search volume is too low to register on the major keyword research tools, like again, like Moz, like SEMrush, like HubSpot, you can still use these techniques to pin down the right search terms to target either on AdWords or in organic campaigns as well. So all that uh, I think is a fairly useful approach for for these local areas. So, uh, did you see this one, Allison? I, I know you're a big fan of, of Whiteboard Fridays. Did you follow this one?
1: I have not watched this one yet. It's a good one. But one I want to note that somebody, Eric, in the the comments, made a had another suggestion. If you really want to nail it specifically, you can always run an AdWords campaign for a couple of weeks to see exactly what is happening, and then do some fine tuning. That's an excellent idea. I know. That's I a love really it. good idea. Yeah. Love it. So if you have some some of that extra budget to to play around with, then you can run it for a couple of weeks, and then do some fine tuning.
0: How to use AdWords for keyword research? I'm going to write that down. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Look okay, at all thanks, this Eric.
1: getting content <laughs> ideas.
0: All right. And then uh, I think that's what I've got. Well, I've got one more thing, but I may just tack it on at the end if we have time. But sure. uh, let's jump to what you got.
1: Yeah. So I uh, found this image, or I'm sorry, this image, this article about- <laughs> On Google's free
0: images? Is it copyrighted? Are we getting sued? <laughs> no,
1: we're not getting sued because it's not ours. Um, so th- this, uh, this blog post is called How to Design Facebook Images That Get More Clicks. And this is from Vengage and they published this last week and i th- i thought it was interesting that in the title that it was how to design facebook images that get more clicks but this article is specifically about advertising images and the results that they saw from the advertising mm-hmm. so basically the gist of it is they ran a bunch of tests they i mean they they created like you know 26 different design combinations they they worked really hard on on getting this data so some of their findings Use recognizable images. So they used an image of Oprah to promote this particular uh, this content offering. So in this case, this was a content offering. So okay. uh, lead generation tool. So they're not selling services. They're not selling... Um, an event oh, the or something Oprah meme very. Where she got the microphone, yes. her hands out, she's yes. yelling. So, so, I see that one. <clears throat> so they used the image of you know Oprah giving everybody a car, Yeah. <laughs> and that ad received 145 percent more clicks over the the other version. Wow. Um, they tried a darker color scheme and that worked really well. Which I could imagine that that would work really well because if you think about Facebook's design layout, it's very it's true, white it's light. and light and and open, and so I would imagine that something darker might stand out above a crowd. And that darker combination of colors was uh, received 131 percent more clicks than the sample average.
0: Nice. I'm actually going to send this over to Michelle.
1: I was. <laughs> that's exactly. As I was going through this, always I thought, up in the game. Yep. As I was going through this, I thought, oh, we've got some optimizing that we could be doing ourselves. Yeah. Um, Use charts and graphs. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, you know, thematic images and product shots. Um, they come they combined on their second test run, they combined using a dark color scheme and a call to action. So they used that dark color scheme that they mentioned earlier in their first test run, and then they added a click to download. Hmm. Um yeah, and let me scroll down here to get the the summa- the summary. So in both rounds of testing, they were able to to get some eight key to key tips to take away. I can't even talk. I'm I'm still so nervous from the image conversation.
0: (laughs) You know, someone's out there searching right now on Google Images, pulling down a copyrighted image saying, well, use the filter. Google told me it was okay. And attorneys are like drafting up a letter right now. Oh gosh. It's all your fault, Allison.
1: No. You let me me share it. I blame you. Okay, great. So in summary... Uh, eight, the eight key tips to take away about Facebook images for advertising. Left align the text, number one. Number two, use recognizable images and memes. Caveat of go through your local through <laughs> your shutterstock or your stock photography. Your legal your stock legal, photography legal, site. Or,
0: legal, not local. or take your own photos. <laughs>
1: Number three, include a product shot. Number four, include a call to action. Number five, use fun and playful icons. Number six, use white text, which I think goes again with the the dark color scheme. Number seven, mix up font styles and sizes. And number eight, use interesting and thematic images. Mm,
0: Good advice great advice we do a lot of this but there's a couple things i think here we could uh, improve on so oh
1: yeah absolutely yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of image-based <coughs> advertising mm-hmm. um which i don't think is bad and we've certainly mm-hmm. seen a lot of success across the board with that but this gives us some you mean additional... like photo based yes yeah 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 i do have oh, favorite yeah, I photos photos
0: yeah <coughs> excuse me Pardon are you okay me. i am okay i think <coughs> yes much better so Um, I think we have a little bit of time, so I was going to share one more thing if you're good with that. Absolutely. This is more of just kind of a random article and it's on podcasting. So of course I had to share Podcasting. You know what? I'm a fan of podcasting. I'm a fan. So uh, I've talked about podcasting a lot on this podcast before. (laughs) So we all know this, but I like this article I came across a lot. I actually came across it like last month or actually it's from December. So I haven't, I kind of been sitting on it for a while, but the title is why podcasting works for leading and leaders, and it's kind of an awkward title, I'll admit. But um, it, the summary is the author is uh, is Mark. Um, you know, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because I did not try to uh, learn it before. So by Mark, <laughs> from uh, what is the site Association Now is an association specific publication, and Mark is writing about podcasting for leadership in your association communication strategy and marketing strategy. So. He basically kind of makes a lot of the same point that we've talked about here in the past, and one of those things is um, a lot of people, especially uh, CEOs and leaders in, in this case, associations, or in other cases, just generally in business or in nonprofits, even uh, they aren't necessarily great writers, but they pretty much any leader of an organization is going to be a great speaker and a great communicator in general, in a verbal sense. And podcasting is a perfect medium to unlock that potential, right? So how often, Allison, have we worked with a client and we say, well, our CEO has tons of information in his head, but he's not going to sit down and write blog posts. Great. Will he sit down for 20 minutes a week and talk to someone about a topic? Yeah, all day long. Perfect example. That's what he's referring to. And so this podcasting is a great way to unlock the knowledge inside your leader's head and get it in a format that is really good on the flip side for people to consume as well, especially other leaders. And by leaders, we mean, again, people that are in, you know, executive team of business and leading a company or leading an organization. And a lot of times we, we kind of make this assumption that busy people like CEOs don't read things. And that's not really true. But there is kind of a nugget of validation there because a lot of CEOs maybe are very selective in what they read and they're not going to pay attention to a lot of articles coming across their, their email. But they are very active in listening to podcasts or listening to you know, audio books, for example, or or audio formats um, on their iPhone, uh, when they're on a plane, when they're working out, when they're driving, when they're traveling, these are all great mediums uh, for them to consume information very easily. So podcasting is great both for producing content uh, to get people to produce it and is for consuming content if you're trying to reach those elusive executive people. So I really love this validation and Mark did a great job kind of outlining um, how those who are those organizations that want to be progressive and want to be getting on the ground floor and want to be early adopters of a platform that is going to benefit them down the road, um, you know, they they really should adopt podcasting. So that's my long winded summary. I guess it wasn't really a summary, it was kind of a lecture, <laughs> I guess. But what do you think? I I
1: completely agree. <laughs> I mean I don't have anything else to add. I mean
0: you know my podcasting bad wagon is strong. So this is true. Yeah, so uh it was a good one. So I didn't link to it in the show notes. I probably should go back and do that, but uh that was a good one. So that's what I got for today. So um anything else on your mind? Nothing. Nothing? All right, we good then. So let's go ahead I and think wrap up. Good. Yeah. So uh thank you, Nathan, as always, for running our uh board. Did a great job today as always. Click that button with confidence. So uh Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb. You're, what are you doing? You're holding up. Your, He's
1: counting how many buttons he actually
0: clicked. Oh, clicks. okay. He, you're hold, number four was what you're holding up. So four <laughs> buttons? Okay. So th- this is the fourth button you clicked then. Okay. So Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb. We're a digital agency located on the web at spinweb.net. We deliver enterprise website development and digital marketing solutions. You can send questions and comments, if you like, to radio at spinweb.net. Don't forget to give us a review on iTunes if you like us. We really, really appreciate those. Uh, It helps other smart people like you find us as well. So we do appreciate that. And thanks for joining us this week. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Allison. Thanks.